What is going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Fit Shit Podcast. I'm very, very excited um, for our guest today, two-time Olympian, now a coach and founder of Team Fit Body Fusion. Please welcome to the podcast, Miss Jamie D. Bernard. Jamie, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to do this this morning. Yeah, I know. Bright and early for Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she looks fantastic though. And trust the video won't go anywhere as I told her, I promised. Um, so I really am excited to have Jamie on for a number of reasons. Number one, a very strong, um, female in the fitness industry, which, you know, in bodybuilding specifically, it seems to be a male dominated, um, sport on the coaching side, um, at least where I know bikini and wellness, um, and figure athletes, you know, are growing and growing and that continues to grow, which is very exciting to see as well. But, um, Jamie, I would love for you to start, you know, how did you get into bodybuilding? I know that you're an athlete and then you've grown this amazing business. And so kind of sharing your story first as to what brought you into the sport first um, and how you've grown throughout the years inside of it. Right. Well, I was inspired by bodybuilding way back when women just started to have a bodybuilding division. And um, it was Rachel Mikulish, who was the very first uh, bodybuilding Olympian who winner and she actually looked a lot more similar to like the bikini athletes of today, not even figure. And so, um, I just thought, wow, that I loved the strength and the grace. And, um, you know, it was just, it's really funny because back then everybody's like, Oh my God, she was so huge. You know? <laughs> um, and I just thought she was beautiful. And so I started uh, training. Actually, my mom got me into working out in the gym. It was something we could do together. And I was approached by a gentleman in the gym and he asked me if I'd like to join his women's powerlifting team. And I had no idea what that was, but it sounded like a lot of fun. So I said, sure, why not? Let's do it. And so I started competing in powerlifting, but you know, my dream was always to do bodybuilding. I did end up hiring a coach um, when I was in college in Houston, who was a professional bodybuilder. And, um, you know, I started doing that for a little while and it ended up being that, you know, my life took me different directions. I was focused on school and my career and, um, then ended up having kids and getting married and all those kinds of things. So, um, I didn't continue to pursue it back then. Um, you know, as I saw bodybuilding to continue to grow, I didn't know that that was the right fit for me. Um, just because, you know, the, the muscularity did just continue to increase and it just wasn't, you know, wasn't something that I was as excited about as it is when it started. And then they created figure and I thought, oh, this is, this is my thing. Um, I actually wanted to do fitness, but I tore my hamstring working on my routine. So oh my I was God. like, figure's good for me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, um, I did a show when my kids were young in 1999 was my first show. And um, it was a really small show. I did win that show. And, um, you know, my kids were really young. There was a lot going on. So, you know, I, I didn't pursue it further until I was about 37, 38 years old. Wow. And my kids were older. I had more time. And I thought, well, you know what? This has always been a dream of mine. I'm going to go for it. And so I hired a coach and I got on stage and I won my first few shows, went to nationals, got my butt kicked. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> yes. Um, figured out, you know, the difference in that level. And, um, you know, I'm so glad it happened the way that it did. I fought so hard for my pro card. I mean, I did every national show for several years. 
um, and finally turned pro at the USA's. And um, once I turned pro, I placed in every pro show I did um, through my second Olympia. So I really attribute a lot of that to how hard I had to work to earn the pro card. And as a coach, I've seen that a lot. Like, you know, sometimes the harder you work, the better you are once you get there, because you end up refining things so well and building, you know, your confidence and handling um, the ups and downs and the disappointments. You know, I think that's an important aspect of what we do. Um, anyway, so I, I did, I, I, um, I qualified for the Olympia. I, I turned pro in July, qualified for Olympia about a month later. And then I was on the Olympia stage going, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> I was just kind of, it kind of, everything happened so quickly. Right. Um, and then qualified for my second Olympia at the show after my first one. So um, I was, was I 40, 40 and 41 uh, when I competed at the Olympias. Um, and then I, I really, um, decided, you know, I started coaching in uh, about the time I got my pro card, um, lightweight coaching. So um, at that point, I decided, you know, that was something I wanted to focus on and pursue a little bit more. And I, I knew, you know, um, I didn't want to continue to, I didn't want to burn myself out. You know, I wanted to go on a high note. Mm -hmm. So, so can I ask, how old are you now, Jamie? I'm 51. Goodness gracious. So there's so many things um, that I love about what you said, but one thing that you represent um, is the fact that you can do this at any age. I think a lot of people get um, derailed. They're like, it's too late for me. I'm too old um, to do bodybuilding. Um, and just the fact that you really started competing at 37, hit the Olympia at 40 and 41, um, and have generated this amazing business uh, at 50 is just insane. Um, and it, it, such an attribute attribution to, you know, the longevity of the sport, if you do it the right way. Um, and that's what you talked about. Kind of, I think it was an important note that you made is like, I don't want to get burned out. I didn't want to get burned out. Um, and I see a lot of competitors that struggle to take the time, um, to improve and develop, um, and overcome some of the things that they need to, in order to get to the level of competition that they want to achieve. Um, and that takes time for most, most athletes. Um, so I, I really appreciate your perspective as I know a lot of us, especially with social media, you focus on, or you see the competitors that move up the ranks very quickly. And we all wanna be kind of that Cinderella story where most of us um, unfortunately are gonna fall into that longer, longer road and understanding how to play the long game um, is incredibly important. And so, you know. And I wouldn't even say it's unfortunate. Honestly, I really feel like it builds so much strength and character and, um, you know, having to work hard for things makes you appreciate them so much more. So having been on that side of things personally, and, you know, being by the side of a lot of my athletes that, you know, have committed to it, what you end up learning is to dig deeper for your why. Um, you start to learn, you know, your passion for the process. You start to develop these things in yourself. And, you know, when everything comes really fast, you don't have a chance to do that or a reason to do it. Cause it's just like, boom, boom, boom. Everything's super easy. And I have those people, of course, I, I had one period of time where I swear to you, I had, everybody was turning pro on their first national show. And it, and I got to see the downsides of that. And then I got to see those people being discouraged who didn't have that happen. You know what I mean? And I really believe that 
you know, it, when it takes a little bit longer and you've got to invest more energy and time and, and patience in it, you grow so much more as a person. And that's one thing I love about the sport. And people always ask me, you know, why, why I continue to show up, um, you know, when it hasn't happened yet. And it's because I genuinely love the lifestyle of bodybuilding, the mental fortitude required to get through it, the discipline in your everyday actions, right? I think that that ties over into so many elements of your life. Um, if you allow it to, if you really start to dial in and focus on how is this daily operation making me better as a person, not just for the aesthetic goal that you might have or the placement that you want to achieve um, or the status that you want to hold within the sport, but for you on a personal basis. Um, and I think that when you really embrace what bodybuilding is in the element of the lifestyle, that's where so much more comes from being a part of the sport um, than engaging on that stage day or focusing on the outcome of what might happen when you do get that glaze and that tan and the, the lights hit you, right? That's just kind of like the icing on the cake for me. Like I genuinely love that. Um, but it's the day-to-day -day that never gets old for me because whether it's a prep or a diet or a reverse, there's something new I'm learning about myself and my body. Um, and that is, it carries me forward to want to continue to learn more and do more and evolve more and see where my maximum potential lies. Cause I don't think I've hit it yet. And I don't know, uh, if you, if you ever feel like you have, um, oh. and as someone who's been in it, yeah, I was going to ask you for so long, do you ever feel like you've, do you even feel like you've hit your best, your peak yet? Absolutely not. I mean, I think that the people that do the best in the sport know that there's no such thing. There's always things we can improve. I mean, whether you're talking about Jennifer Dory, who just won the Olympia, you know, she's still working to be better, you know, to any of the Olympians that I had up on that stage. I mean, it's, it's really interesting that you, you know, I feel like anything you do well in life, anything you become good at in life, you realize that there's so much more, you know, I was, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. So the more of an expert you become and the more knowledge you gain in a certain area, the more, you know, you don't know. Yes. Right. So it's like the people who are the most cocky are the people that usually know the least, you know, they're walking around, I know everything because you don't even know how much there is that you don't know yet. You know, I love that. One of my mentors, Dr. Bill Campbell, when I was at USF, uh, we had this conversation. I said, it's amazing to me that the more that I learn, the more that I realize I don't know anything at all. Right. It's like, yes, there's absolutely. such a gap. And then there's that hunger to learn more. And it's the same with application and bodybuilding. Like there's so much I've learned about my physique and what I'm capable of to this part of my journey, but there's so much for me to continue to evolve into mentally, emotionally, physically it's, and that's the most exciting part for me. It's like, no matter where my placing is, I want the feedback and I want to know what I need to do next. Cause I know there's work to be done. Right. And I think that that's the most exciting part is like, I, at, and I'm sure you felt this point at some point in your journey. It's like where you started, you never thought you'd get to the point that you were at at some point. And then it's, it's, it's exciting to see how far you've come, but it gives you that excitement more as like, there's more that I can do. Yeah. And that uh, self it, it was, it was the epiphany I had going through my PhD program because the whole reason I was doing that, getting the PhD in holistic nutrition is I wanted absolute answers. I wanted, cause there's so much misinformation. So I wanted some absolute answers. And the more I learned, the more I realized there is no absolute answers. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, you know, a lot of techniques that we use. There's, you know, there's so many things that, you know, can help us become better and learn and grow. But it's really funny. I feel like anytime I'm doing a seminar and people are asking me question, questions, almost every answer starts with, it depends. <laughs> it really you does. You know, and so 
Um, you know, and once I was able to get past the frustration of not getting my answers and realize the beauty of the art of what we do, it's not there's a science aspect of it, but there's also an art aspect of it. And there's also a trial and error in getting to know each individual, both from, you know, the physiological standpoint, but also the mental and emotional. And, you know, I, I mean, about 50 to 60% of the athletes I coach are at that pro level. And then the rest are, you know, kind of the higher national level. And it's really, you start to have to get into the fine tuning aspects because, you know, everybody's operating at an elite level at that point, everybody's got, you know, great genetics, you know, and things like that, you know, they've risen to this level, you know, but then it starts to become very much a mental game. You know, I've seen literally pros that, you know, everybody's like looked up to go in their head on show day and start psyching themselves out and cortisol levels going and then all of a sudden they're holding water. So, you know, even learning, you know, we talk about all these different aspects that we have to work on ourselves, you know, but that that mental aspect is is such a big piece of it. So it's really, it's fun because there's no limit to the areas of ourselves and our lives, you know, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, you know, hormonal, what, you know, there's all these aspects that we can constantly keep fine tuning and working on, um, you know, and, and not to mention finding balance in our lives to make this not take over our lives, but actually be a complement to our lives, you know, and, and still have those wonderful relationships with the people we care about, our family, our friends, our, you know, things like that. So there's a lot of aspects to being in this industry that I feel like as a coach, you know, when we really care about our, our athletes, we're helping them navigate all of those things. I think that is an incredibly important aspect of coaching. I do not feel as though it is, I think it's getting better. I don't know that every coach really takes the time to understand the psychological components of their athletes and understanding the way that they think and anticipating how they're going to respond psychologically to something that is up and coming. And I think that only comes from paying attention to details and actually getting to know the person that you're working with. Um, and I think the fact that you said that, um, again, like you're someone that very much inspires me in knowing that it's, it's one of those things where you look at somebody and they say something that you do and it resonates with you. It's like, I'm on the right path kind of thing. Um, you know, that's, that's, that, um, is really cool. And knowing that it even happens at the, at the pro level or IFBB pros, um, in that federation. So, you know, I do work with a lot of newer athletes coming into the sport, OCB pros I have an NFF, but not, um, IFBB at this time. But knowing that they struggle on that level, um, I think is an important thing for any listener to understand is even at the top, right? I almost feel like there's more pressure. Like I can't imagine being like, I'm going to walk out on the Olympia stage, right? I am one of the best in the world. People are watching, right? You know, it's almost like you, you lose the respect of being a novice athlete, of being in the NPC because you want to be there so bad, but then you level up and on, on some point there's expectation, Absolutely. right? The and better you do, the more pressure you feel and the more pressure you put on yourself. So it, it's, I will tell you, I mean, as coaches and, and there was, you know, multiple of us, you know, working together with, with athletes that were competing at the Olympia um, this year, a lot of what we were doing was managing their mindsets and keeping them out of their heads. Like that was a lot of our presence at that, you know, show the entire week was just making sure everybody 
you know, had their heads in a good place and they were focusing on themselves and, you know, staying present in the moment. And, you know, it, it's absolutely the pressure rises. It's actually funny you say that because when we were talking about, you know, people want the Cinderella story, that's a whole nother aspect is, is like, enjoy whatever level you're competing at. Because when you go to the next level, it's like you, you're starting all over again. So you start getting good at a, you know, regional level, and then you go to nationals, like, you know, we were talking about, and boy, that can be a big old slap in the face, you <laughs> yes, know, it can. <laughs> and then you get your pro card, and you're thinking, I'm great, I'm a pro. And then you go to the, 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 the pro level and get smacked again, you know, so, and you, so, you know, I really, I really encourage people, like, be where you are, and like, really enjoy, like, every step of the way, because um, it happens fast, and then, you know, you look back, and oh, I wish I could do that again. Yeah. And the moments are the most important parts. Like, I mean, there are stage days that I, I will never forget those lights hit and you see, I love Sandy. She sits there and she's so attentive and she's bright eyed and bushy tailed. And she's just like, yes. And she's one of my favorite judges. Cause she makes you feel very seen, right? Everybody gets their time. She's very attentive. She's smiling. She's excited for you. Um, and, and it's just one of those things where it's really an experience, but if you rush through that experience, even getting your ass kicked, like, and most of us are going to get our ass kicked at some point, right? That's, that's that's part of the sport. Um, but being able to take it and go, okay, I need to improve here, 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 here are my flaws. And then actually taking the appropriate time, depending on where you're at in your journey to make those improvements. Um, I feel is where a lot of people lose sight of what's important because you're, if you're rushing to my next show, it, it needs to be next year. Oh, hold on. If we haven't improved or, or made the right improvements to get you to where you want to be rushing into a dieting phase is not what we need to focus on right now. Absolutely. I feel so blessed because I have some, I, I do keep my roster small. And this is one of the things that, you know, my approach was different. I feel like in, than a lot of the other teams in building this in that I was looking for the best coaches and by best, like anybody can tell you how many bicep curls to do, or, you know, how many ounces of chicken to eat, but I'm talking about people that really care that really pay close attention. And so, you know, that was the big thing was I'd rather develop more coaches versus me as a coach having 500 athletes, which there are coaches in our industry that do, that don't even know their names when they get to the show. And I mean, I don't care how good you are as a coach. If you're not paying attention, you're going to miss things and your athlete's not going to look great. Right. You know, you can only do so many things. So, um, but anyway, you know, so I have this small roster and I, I mean, I just love every one of these athletes that I'm working with and I'm getting so excited because I do, they, they are willing to listen. They're willing to take the time. And I've got, you know, some people that like, we're taking a whole year off to build. And I literally every week check them in and get so excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, what's it going to be like when we start cutting? They look amazing because they've just been so consistent and really hitting those workouts and, and taking the time to like make those because you have to, when you get feedback for improvement, get excited about it go, wow, this is an opportunity for me. Yes. I know specifically what the judges want to see from me. So this is great. Now, all I got to do is go execute and have fun. I get to eat more food. I get to push more heavy weights. Like I get to do those things that I love so much that are, you know, that's going to help me progress. So those are some of the athletes I get the most excited about because it's almost like, Ooh, we get to start unwrapping our present, you know, once the new year starts and we start prepping for next year's nationals. So 
you know, I think, you know, it's so important to like get excited every step of the way, no matter if you're going into an improvement season or if you're, you know, in, in the last stages of prep, you know, each piece of it is, is something to just like really relish. Yeah. And take it all in. Like one of my favorite things about the improvement season is seeing how strong I can get. I'm not a big person, but I can deadlift over 300 pounds. Like to me, that's exciting. So I'm like, let's go. Like, <laughs> Let's see how much we can overload. And then showing up to other elements of your life, because in prep, you get so tunnel vision because it's such a big goal, right? You sacrifice, right? Your priorities shift a bit. And so being able to come back and, and go back into what is balanced for that person while continuing to stay on top of their goals um, and setting them up to be successful in that, that improvement phase um, is really important. And I'm sure that you have um, athletes that struggle kind of through the reverse process. Um, and I think that there's a lot of kind of, um, I think body dysmorphia in bodybuilding is, is very common. I think it's almost a part of the process, right? On the way down, you're not lean enough. You're not going to be ready. And on the outside, you know, you hear people use words like fluffy or, you know, whatever words they want to use um, when describing their physique and that's from, you know, once you see yourself absolutely shredded, there's that perception of what lean looks like is always going to be a little bit skewed, uh, especially if you've never seen yourself in stage conditioning before, right? So you thought you were like lean and healthy and all those things in your normal day to day, then you get shredded and you're like, wow, I can't believe I thought I was. And so when you have, especially I see this most commonly in females, but that's who I primarily work with. Um, when you have clients that are going through that phase, you know, as a coach, how do you approach that for them? I do think that the reverse can actually be tougher for a lot of people than the prep. It's very interesting. Um, you know, again, it's so much about a mindset and, and really truly that is where having a coach that you trust that, you know, is going to be honest with you, um, can make such a difference. You know, I feel like, you know, it's really important that you have to be able to be very open with your coach and tell them when you're feeling and thinking these things so that they can talk you through it. A lot of times if I get a check-in from somebody and we're in their improvement season and they tell me, you know, I'm starting to get in my head, I'm feeling fluffy or whatever the situation is. I'm like, let's jump on a call. Let's talk this through, you know? And usually if we spend a couple minutes talking, you know, they're like, you know, I know this, I just needed to hear it from you. I just needed to know, you know, that I'm in a good place. And I coach a lot of coaches. <laughs> so half of them are coaches themselves, um, you know, and they're telling their clients this, but they just need to hear it because, you know, we're our own worst critics and we get in our, no matter, even if we know from a logical standpoint that we're being illogical, um, it's still, it's an emotional thing, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we have to, you know, really be kind to ourselves and, you know, and, and open and, and, and also, like you said, realizing that when we're on stage, that's not our most healthy. That's not our best look even for walking around. Um, you know, it's something that's meant to be for a very short period of time. And then we need to get to a nice, you know, a nice place where we're, you know, our hormones are balanced. Our, our, as women, we're not meant to be that lean year round. So, but if you do it nice and controlled and not go and start the binging and all of that, then that's going to be the best for your body, the best for your hormones, the best for the longevity in the sport and things like that. That's where I feel like, you know, people get into trouble. And it's on, honestly one of the reasons I almost didn't coach. I almost went just transformation lifestyle because I saw, 
this happening a lot. And um, my husband was the one that said, no, you need to stay in the space because this is where you're needed the most. Um, there weren't a lot of coaches back, you know, when I started coaching that were really talking about that. It was kind of like the dirty little secret of the industry, you know, that people were binging and all this other stuff was going on. And I just wanted to shed a big light on it and say, listen, guys, this is something we need to talk about. And it's not something that has to happen. You know, it's something that we, you know, if we're talking about it, if we're getting the tools, if we're getting the support, you know, we can find ways to do this in a healthier way. And so that's been really exciting to see these athletes that are now doing things in a much more sustainable, healthy way. Um, and that's not to say that, that people don't go off the rails. Sometimes it happens. I mean, here's the thing, you know, you get so lean, your body starts to produce more ghrelin, which is telling your brain you're hungry, less leptin, which is not telling your brain when you're satiated and you start feeling like you're loco. I mean, you just feel crazy. Like you just want to keep eating because you're not getting that satiation. So even just understanding that, um, you know, and having a coach go, here's what's happening to your body. Let's talk it through. Let's walk it through. Let's have a plan. Let's find some ways to help you get through this, um, you know, can be huge. Yeah. I think one of the most important things, and for me, um, I'm very much a nerd of what we do. I like to study it. I like to talk to people. I like to get the anecdote versus my education and just kind of tie it all together. And I think one of the best things that you can do as a coach for an athlete is actually explain to them what is going on, because you get to a point where your body feels like it's not yours because again, your animal brain and those systems are kicking in for survival. And so if you understand the way that you're thinking is more of your animal brain versus your logical brain, and that these things are quote unquote, normal in the given context of the fact that we are getting shredded, right? So the things that you feel, the food focus, that hunger, are always being hungry, especially after you eat in a meal, you notice that hunger is actually elevated, right? All of those signaling mechanisms are a part of that process. And I think if you can break that down and explain it to the person, they start to have more buy-in and less issues with going off track or giving into those like psychological triggers because they're like, okay, in this context right now with the goal that we have and where I'm at, this is normal for me. And it's very temporary. I think one of the best things that you can do in a reverse process for clients is explain that where you are right now and how you feel is a very temporary moment right? This is going to get better. The food is not going to go anywhere, but we need to take care of you um, physiologically and psychologically to get you back to quote unquote normalcy, right? And then you can kind of progress from there with pushing food if the athlete needs that. Um, but understanding that the post-show period, in my opinion too, um, is, is probably more important for their health um, than, you know, just the prep part because coming out of it responsibly, um, is incredibly important for their longevity and their health. And again, you talked about hormones, which, um, is incredibly important and where I'm pursuing my further education now. Um, and a lot of people think you have to put on a bunch of body fat right after, um, but that can actually lead to more issues down the road. Um, so I'm really glad that you touched on that, but I want to circle back to your coaches. Um, so when you got into, you know, developing fit body fusion, um, you know, I'm, how did that progress for you? What was the design of that? And then when did you come to a point where you're like, I need a coach. And then you onboarded your first coach and kind of, how did that progress for you? So when I was competing, um, my, my coach at the time had asked me to start doing, I had already started doing a lot of posing coaching. Um, but he asked me to start, you know, kind of be the NorCal coach for him. Um, that I, I lived in Northern California at the time, and I had a gym that I that I owned. 
Um, so it just kind of made sense. And so I had already, like I said, started, started posing with some ladies who had, had asked that. So that started to grow. And um, a lot of them wanted me to just fully coach them. You know, I was going through my own transition at that time in terms of the realizations I had about, you know, relationships with food and body image things that, that I had realized um, in myself. And um, what you just touched on was, was 100% on like, when you understand what is happening to your body and why you're doing the things that you're doing, it, it changes everything. It really does. Um, and in realizing that it's normal, your body's wanting to survive. That's why you're feeling the things you're feeling. Um, so I, I it just, I had to dig in and do a lot of research and um, really start to understand this because there was no education at the time. Um, and I got really excited about it. I started developing some methodologies. I started adopting some methodologies from some other um, coaches and some other experts and, and utilizing those with myself and with, with my athletes. And um, at a point I realized, you know, I needed to break off on my own because what I was doing was very, very different than what the coach I was working with was doing, you know, which is fine. You know, different, different things work for different people. Um, you know, I feel like all of us coaches are at a point like, you know, we all have great relationships and respect each other and, and know that we all have our own styles of doing things. Um, but I started to adopt more flexible nutrition. Um, I, I adopted a, a bit different communication style, um, a lot more hands-on in terms of how workouts were being built and posing and other things, um, education in general for, for the athletes, that kind of thing. Um, so it was actually at the, uh, I believe it was like the master's nationals was, I had several athletes there. He had a lot of athletes there and he ended up not coming to the show because he had another show he wanted to go to last minute. So he just told them all I would handle it. And so I ended up turning like seven people pro that, that show, you know, okay. I'm like, you know, I'm good at this. I'm really good at this. And so, um, you know, so at that point I started, I, we started fit body fusion and, um, you know, as we started to really grow, I just realized I like the hands-on. I, I never wanted to have so many athletes with myself personally that I don't know them anymore. I'm, I'm not, it's, it starts to become like, I'm just sending people, you know, a cookie cutter sort of thing. I, I never wanted that to happen. Um, and I was surrounded by just some really incredible people. Um, so some of my coaches have been with me since the very beginning, um, you know, and we started developing them. I mean, you know, if you look at, gosh, like Shelby Pierce, for example, um, you know, she was, you know, one of my first pros back then and started, she started coaching. She was already a trainer and a coach herself. And so we started developing her. I mean, she's coached so many people into pro cards. She's, you know, she's coached people to the Olympia stage, you know, um, my coaches are incredible. And so, you know, I'm not one of those people that thinks, you know, I'm the best or I'm the only one that can, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, I think it's really important to be able to put your ego aside. And, um, you know, so for me, it became more about building a community and, um, you know, having support and really, you know, having people that want to put their, their client's health first. And I don't just mean their physiological health. I mean, their health in general, um, you know, people that care about their client's life. You know, I know there's coaches that just want to push people to stage no matter what. Well, you know, sometimes you got to pull back, you know, maybe there's a death in the family, or maybe there's, you know, a, a marriage that's needing to be tended to, or, you know, so having 
that ability to like really be in touch with those people enough to be able to guide them through the things they need, you know, the ins and the outs and the ups and the downs, um, looking at the bigger picture, the longer term, not just the 12 weeks that we're going to, you know, throw you on stage ready or not, here we come. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, that's, that, that's a lot that I, I value. And I think it's important to first go back to what you said is every coach is going to have their own coaching style, right? How they prefer to coach, how they prefer to interact with their clients. So it's not that one is better or worse than another. And, um, one thing I, I try to really emphasize on my content is for the client to understand what it is that they expect from a coach and what they want from a coach, and then find the coach that aligns with that, those values, right? Cause there's many different coaches, many good coaches now, um, I would say, but they all have very different styles and things that they think are important, things that they're going to emphasize within their coaching systems. Um, and I, I really like that you value kind of the entire life of that client, right? What do you do for work? What is your family obligations? How many kids do you have? How are they, right? How is your life actually operating while we're focused on this goal and being able to find what works for that person with their nutrition, their training, their cardio with their given timeframes, but also not necessarily taking hundred percent away from the other daily obligations that they need to focus on, right? Being there. And I think one thing that you touched on um, was relationships. And a lot of them do tend to suffer um, because we get as athletes so hyper-focused and the deeper that you get into the prep, the more committed that you are and the more that you start to lose that perspective of life. And so being able to remind people of the, the fact that that's also important and making time for that um, and that the stage is always going to be there if something happens, if there is a death, right? And we need to postpone it a week or two um, to take the time to grieve and get through that process, I think is incredibly important. And uh, I really, really am I'm glad that you touched on that. Um, when it comes to, you said, um, bringing on coaches and mentoring them. So when you onboard coaches for your team, um, what is the oversight in that process? So this is this has been so much fun. I actually have Jasmine Gonzalez here. So she just started, we just sent out the announcement she's coaching for us. So she's actually here in town with me staying oh, yay! for the week. Yeah. She's so fun. Uh, oh she's my so God. fun. High energy. You need energy this morning, Jamie. You need to have Jasmine come on up in there. Oh no, that's why I'm tired because we were talking <laughs> last night. <lately. laughs> um, so we do have a course that we send people through. And, and first of all, I mean, the, the, the selection process is a big deal. Um, we do have a huge list of people who have expressed interest and I get interest every day that people, you know, want to coach with us. Um, and, you know, one of the things is obviously I don't want to grow so fast. We got to allow people to grow and, you know, before we bring people on. So usually I let people know, you know, I'll add them and then we'll evaluate when it's time to come and bring somebody on. Um, and I want to know that that person, all of, we're very close knit group the coaches, we support each other, we help each other, you know, different people have strengths in different areas. So if somebody's got something that they experience with a client that maybe they haven't run into before, we have a group that we all work together and they'll reach out and say, Hey, has anybody had a client that struggled with this you know, particular situation before? And literally everyone who has, you know, something helpful will chime in and go, Hey, here's a great resource for that. Or here's a study that, you know, addresses that, or here's something that I've used that's, that's been really helpful that you might want to try. Um, so one of the things I think about is how is this person's personality going to work with the rest of the group? You know, is, and I, I mean, I've had people that, you know, are huge names in the industry come and ask, you know, and want to coach. And I'm like, you know, where's the ego going to be? 
is, you know what I mean? Because I think that it's really important um, that, you know, we have people that are team-based that like to share information. And you know this, I mean, there's some people that come from a place of like, you know, I don't want anybody to know these are my secret, this is my secret sauce, that kind of thing, right? Versus like people who are like, let's all learn and grow together because if you're better, I'm better. If, you know, our clients are better, we're all growing. So anyway, so attitude is, is a big piece of this. Um, so it, I usually like to bring on people that have been on the team for a while because I know them, right. you know, I've seen them interact. I've seen how they treat their teammates. I've seen how they treat their coach. Um, you know, a lot of times I'll have people that want to coach, but they're not ever following their program. And I'm like, <laughs> so let's, let's make sure you can do it first before you start teaching Absolutely. other people, you know, um, so kind of looking at all those aspects, um, you know, but once we've identified somebody and we're like, wow, this is, this is somebody who's got the right kind of attitude and personality and, and treats people, you know, the way that, that we feel is really engaged and, um, you know, that kind of thing, you know, my, I've always believed the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So, you know, I pay attention. Um, and then, you know, obviously we go through making sure that they have credentials and that, you know, they have experience and things like that. Um, you know, a lot of them are already coaching. So, uh, you know, they already have people that I can see and talk to and that kind of thing. Um, we do have a course that we put them through. Um, I have a trainer on staff that brings them through and teaches them all of our processes. So she's actually coming in today to work with Jasmine to kind of bring her through all of that. So they have time scheduled this morning. Um, and then I co-coach with them for a period of time. So a lot of times we'll have them bring on a smaller group of, of athletes, you know, and or lifestyle transformation, depending on what they're doing. And then, you know, we'll go through that training process together. But even once, you know, they're up and running and things are going really well, again, it's, you know, all of us will reach out to each other. Um, while we were at the Olympia, a lot of people who were in town for the Olympia would come and check in in person. Um, and I had several of my coaches there and it was great because whether it was helping each other with, you know, the posing or the stage presentation or the, you know, um, whatever the situation was, we were all giving input in a very, of course, respectful and collaborative sort of way, um, you know, and it, and it makes the athletes feel amazing, you know, cared for and, and focused on and all of that, but it also gives us, you know, multiple perspectives. I mean, you go to any show, the judges aren't always agreeing on who. Correct be in each place so what does that mean it means we have different eyes we have different perspectives as people so if we're willing to listen and we're willing to collaborate we can actually be better I think yes like there's so much yes in there number one uh the thing that stood out to me the most is you're right there are coaches that are like rah rah I can't share all my secrets because heaven forbid um I think that collectively as coaches the goal should always be first we work for the client I think that 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 gets backwards sometimes with people's attitudes um the, the client is paying you, you're working for them. So your goal, and my, this is my opinion, obviously, um, but as coaches coll collectively and collaboratively, we are stronger and we're doing a better service by learning from one another and taking the notes because as, as a coach, like you said, um, and I'm very much the same way where, where quality over quantity is the most important thing. So if, if I can learn from someone else and take tools or give my knowledge, because I can't coach everyone, neither can you, right? We're one person. So instead of suffering with quality, you keep quality high, but you can share what you do or what you know, or what's worked with people that don't maybe know that yet, or they're struggling with a different approach, um, or they're missing a gap somewhere and sharing that knowledge makes us better as coaches in the industry, because we're taking better care of our athletes. And that's who we're serving. 
right? We're, we're in the business, in my opinion, of helping people, of serving people, of, of helping them accomplish things they never thought that they could. Um, and I really like that you emphasize that as a, as a, as a coach and when you onboard coaches, um, that it's, it's about taking the ego down. There is no ego uh, because we're all here to learn from one another and collectively work together to achieve a common goal, which is getting that athlete to where they want to be in the best way possible. And then being able to take care of them throughout the longevity of whatever their goals might be, because goals shift uh, like a, like a moving target. Um, And then the oversight process, I think is, is really, really important um, because I, I do know that that's not common practice um, not everybody has courses and oversight and actually getting to see you in person or being CC'd on emails and going through like, Hey, I'm helping you collectively teach. Um, and I'm sure that that's one thing that gives you a lot of confidence and quality control, um, over, over how these coaches progress. Um, so I think that, that, that is awesome, uh, that you do that and very, very much, uh, respected at least by, by me. So, um, when it comes to, your coaching staff now, how many coaches do you have, Jamie? We have 30. That is phenomenal. And I can say one thing, um, I work with David now. Um, and one thing that really brought me to that was, I mean, and, and there's a lot of social media hype with a lot of different elements in bodybuilding, but even people that I've talked to privately, um, I've never heard a bad word about fit body. I've never heard they felt like a number. I've never heard, um, that quality control suffered. I've never heard that there was animosity or drama or anything like that. Um, and you guys really show up for one another, which I think is fantastic. Um, you guys always have booths. You guys are always together. I always see, uh, you know, some of the girls always together, Aaron, um, for sure is always with Jody, <laughs> you know, and they, they actually are friends. They actually hang out. They actually have that community. And so, you know, as you've developed this over time from your first coach to now having 30, I can't imagine how you feel seeing that that is a dream. Um, and so from your perspective and when you started this, did you ever think that it would turn into this? I did. I actually did have the vision. Um, and, and I mean, I do come out of a corporate background. So Um, The company that I built prior to doing this, we started with about 25 employees and we had 1500 when we left. Um, So I I have an MBA. I actually taught graduate school, MBAs in graduate school. So my, um, you know, learning how to scale and keep quality was, was kind of the area that I have always specialized in. And that's what my thesis was on, Um, you know, uh, organizational behavior was like one of my favorite areas of, of business. Um, because, you know, for me, it's very much about creating, it's about creating a culture. And um, I wanted to be in a culture I enjoyed, that I wake up every day excited. And I literally do, it's like, I'm like a kid on Christmas day, when I go to these shows, and I get to be surrounded by these people I truly love. And I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, like, this is my family, like, I absolutely love and adore. I mean, we go to these national shows, like North Americans, we had, I think we had 10 coaches and we had 30 athletes. So like that's one coach for every three athletes, you know what I mean? So even though we're such a huge team, everybody had just so much attention and people, you know, were just, you know, we have people making sure they're, they're stationed backstage. So if there's anybody who forgets something or missing something, and then, you know, there's a bunch of people in the front row, you know, waving people on and cheering for them. And it's just like the whole experience is just so much fun. Um, 
right now we're in the process of, I do put all my, uh, my coaches through leadership training courses as well, you know, mm -hmm. that are really focused on self-development. They're focused on helping them find balance in their lives because, you know, the better they are with themselves, the better they're going to be for their, for their clients. So um, we're actually scheduling at the end of February, a course with leader, um, with Rapport Leadership International called Power Communications, very intensive. These are intense weekend training. So um, all of our coaches will be attending um, together. And it's a huge bonding experience. It's just opportunity for everybody to really dig deep um, you know, really explore their why, explore how they're coming across to people, explore how they're taking in information for people. So we just do a lot of these kind of things that allow us to come together. But that's, that's really where my background is. It's where my passion is. It's what I love doing the most. And when I do a consultation with somebody today, um, a lot of what I'm doing is assessing who they are, what their background is, what their personality is, and matching them with the person I know is going to be the best fit for them. You know, because just because I founded this doesn't mean I'm the best fit, you know, even if I could take on all the coaches, all the athletes, it's I'm not the best fit for everybody. Um, so, you know, I can say with 100% confidence when I'm recommending a coach to somebody that that coach is going to be the person who's going to be by their side and help them, you know, reach their goals. And, and it's just an absolutely incredible, I mean, I've, I've, I've actually handed over a couple of my top athletes to David, because I just knew he was a better fit for them. And I mean, one of my wellness athletes, I knew he would turn her pro. And I, I told her, I said, listen, David's the right fit for you. I know that he's got the tools that he needs to help you get where you need to go. And, you know, he, I handed her over and he turned her pro. So, you know, it's, it's a really cool thing to be a part of. It's, it, it truly is as much as I did have the vision being in it now is truly mind blowing. And I wake up every day with a sense of so much gratitude, um, truly that, that I get to be surrounded by these just absolutely incredible people. And, and not just because they're incredible athletes, but because they're truly incredible humans. That is like everything that is, um, incredible, incredible for you, incredible for them. Um, and I, I love that you develop them as people too, right? It's not just about your business, right? I think that that you genuinely, and I can tell just by your demeanor and the way that you talk about these people, that you care about them as people. Um, and you invest in them as your coaches. And um, that is just um, a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm almost speechless. I just think that that's incredible that you invest in them and they invest in you and that you show up for them, you know, and you can, you can, be the person who founded the company, but not the person who thinks that they are better than someone else. In fact, the fact that you can send a top level athlete of your own um, to someone you, you know is a better fit and you acknowledging the fact that you are not going to be the best fit for everybody. Um, I think that a lot, of, a lot of coaches or just people in general struggle to understand their personality might not match best with somebody else or the way that they coach or the, the way that they interact or just their demeanor in general, right? Might not be the best fit for a different personality. Um, and being able to see that when you speak to someone and get to know them, um, you know, and setting them up, them up to be successful, I'm sure leaves you feeling also very confident in the fact that that, that athlete is going to be taken care of and they are going to achieve their goals, um, and doing the right thing by them, by understanding that it's not you that's for them, but you have somebody that is, um, and that has to be something off your shoulders as well, because it gives you that room to be Jamie and Jamie, as her best coaching self and understand I might not be the best in this element of my coaching, but I know somebody that is, and I have them and I can send you to them. Yes. And we become great at what we focus on. 
Yes. You know, so I do think that, you know, as a coach, being a jack of many traits is, is not necessarily the best thing for your athletes. And, you know, when I very first started coaching, um, because of where I was in terms of my own health and some of the things I was having to work through, I became very good at coaching people who were in that situation where they were struggling. Maybe, maybe it was either they were struggling with getting their hormones back in balance, or they were struggling with Um, you know, their relationship with food or some of these other things, because that's really what I was laser focused on. Um, And, and, you know, so I became really good. And that's, that's what I did. And as time has gone on, you know, I've worked with different types of people. Now I'm laser focused on working with, you know, taking somebody who's turned pro, you know, they're good, they're in a healthy, but how do they now fine tune things, you know, because it's so competitive at that level. So it's like, the littlest, tiniest things that the judges can't even tell you that they want from you. They just know that it's not it. Yeah. Like, why didn't I win? Well, I don't know. Everybody looks good, but you didn't look as good. What is it? You know? And so that's where my eye has, has become really honed. Um, so it was, it's kind of funny because David and I were talking about this the other day. He goes, I feel like I'm like you five to 10 years ago. Cause he's like really good at fixing the hormones and dealing with some of those things. So, you know, um, you know, every single coach on our team, you know, have certain coaches and especially some of um, our top, you know, our top um, Olympian athletes that, you know, we've had to work so much on fine tuning things that man, their eyes are so peeled for the aesthetic, you know, when you have somebody who maybe they have the physique and the muscle and everything else, but there's just the stage presence isn't there. So it's kind of interesting, you know, to be able to go, you know, where's the, where's the person that really has this focus and this expertise in this area that you need. And I mean, transformation lifestyle or first time competitors, like you need somebody who's really good at breaking things down and explaining things and helping you to understand the fundamentals and the basics. And I think sometimes those athletes will make the mistake of going, you know, straight to somebody who's coaching, you know, primarily, let's say pro athletes or, or has too many, clients, you know what I mean? They're not getting the time and attention. They need to learn those fundamentals. So, you know, you're not going to jump all those levels without having that person who's really helping you to grow right where you are. So again, like that's where finding that coach, I feel like, you know, that's going to be the right fit, fit at each, at each phase is really, really important. And we even have people that will transfer, you know, within I actually transferred I've transferred a couple clients um, recently to, you know, one of my other coaches. And I, I think, you know, finding that person that, you know, they were in an off season mode and, you know, they, you know, they wanted somebody who to, who can kind of help them like, you know, with some lifestyle stuff and things mm-hmm. like that, you know, that was in a more similar position in their own lives. You know what I mean? They had little kids at home. So having, you know, having a coach that, you know, maybe has young kids and is figuring out how to make this fit, you know, might be able to speak a little bit more from experience and relate to that person on a better level. So anyway, I I, I think it's really fun and cool. And I think people don't need to be afraid to explore, um, you know, explore that. And, And what you said about their they're the client, we're here to serve them. I could not agree with that more. And if something's not a good fit, first of all, speak up, tell your coach, because maybe they just don't need, know that you need whatever you do need. Um, Sometimes it's just a matter of that. You know, if you're just telling them, oh, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm fine. And you're not telling them, hey, 
I don't understand something or I'm missing something or I need a little bit more support in something like, you know, we're, we're not mind readers. So I think it's really, really important to, to advocate for yourself and ask for what you want. And don't be afraid of your coach. If your coach snaps back at you and just says, just do it or something like that, go find another coach. Correct. That's, that's not coaching. Coaching is, is mentoring and explaining and teaching and things like that. So if you have a true coach, um, which is the important thing first, you know, they're not going to mind your questions. They're going to want to explain things to you. Um, but again, if, if you're not getting those needs met or if that person's not the right fit for you, there's no need to feel guilty, you know, to find somebody who is, I think that that's, that's really, really an important thing. Um, you know, if, if you're going to a hairdresser and you're, <laughs> you're just looking a hot mess every time, you know, are you going to keep going to them? <laughs> you know, you should be getting what, what you want out of the experience. I think that's really important. Yeah. And as you, like you, you mentioned there, there are going to be better fits throughout your journey as well. When you don't know anything, you want someone who can teach you when you know more and you're getting more advanced, you want someone who can fine tune you. And maybe that's the same person and they continue to grow, or maybe it's, it's a shift. And it's like, you served your purpose for me at that time. And I appreciate everything, but I'm, I'm onto this next level. Um, and I think one thing that you said that I always tell my clients initially on the first console call, if there's ever anything, I am not a mind reader. Remember, I'm a person, but we have to have very transparent and effective communication in order for us to get to that common goal, right? Working together as a team. Um, you know, this is not a dictatorship. I don't believe in just like sending plans and being like, go do it because um, you don't have buy-in that way and then they're not going to succeed. So I do think that that is a very important part of the process is that relationship with your coach um, and being able to talk to them and not feeling like you can't tell them anything. I unfortunately interact with a lot of people who have been shamed by coaches um, or telling them that they're not coachable because, you know, they had an issue or a hiccup along the way, instead of being like, okay, what caused this? What was the issue? What was the situation? Okay. Well, you have to let it go. Number one, like, I don't believe in compensation or punishment, but we want to take this as a learning curve um, and move forward from that. Because if you dwell on it, self-sabotage is just going to cause a lot more issues than if you say, okay, I need to take this as a learning experience and continue to grow from here. So um, in closing, Jamie, I would like you to tell me, you know, what is the future of Fit Body Fusion? What do you have kind of manifesting going forward for what your company is doing and where you want to go as well? Um, so we're definitely managing growth. So we want to make sure that we continue to have the best quality that we're, you know, everybody's really taking care of. So we're constantly reviewing, how do we get better? How, literally after action, every single show, you know, um, how can we make sure everybody was seen, everyone was taken care of, you know, we had the best results we possibly could. Um, our big goal going forward is really more international expansion. Um, we do have more and more athletes, you know, coming on board from all over the world, um, which is really exciting. So um, I will be, and I, I brought one bilingual coach on already. We'll be bringing on more bilingual coaches. I mean, certainly, you know, I, I coach, and, and a lot of our coaches do coach people in other parts of the world that, you know, maybe English is their second language or they don't speak English and we're using a lot of Google Translate, things like that. But my goal is really to have people who are fully bilingual that can work with these athletes because we're so much about relationship and we're so much about communication that, you know, there is going to be something lost um, if you're not able to really speak the language of the person that you're working with and understand their culture and understand, uh -huh. you know, things about, you know, what they're doing. So that's a big part of our goal and it's, it's a big undertaking. So we're taking it little bit by little bit, one step at a time. I just, you know, always want to make sure we're keeping quality and not bringing on, you know, coaches, unless we know that they're going to be, you know, 
in, in line with, with our philosophies and, and things like that. Yeah. Alignment is huge. And then for you personally, Jamie, do you have any upcoming goals for yourself and your endeavors and pursuits? You know, I would say personally, you know, one of my goals, and this is obviously an ongoing goal is just balance, making sure that I'm leaving room for, you know, my family and my, you know, my kids, my parents, like, you know, I'm very much a family person. Um, so continuing to develop that. And, um, and, and I think that's the most challenging because when your job is what you love, it's very easy to throw your entire self into it. Um, so that would definitely be, um, you know, my biggest goal is just making sure I'm leaving room for both, you know, the people I care about, you know, outside of, of my, you know, of, of competition. And then, you know, certainly the other thing would just be making sure I'm getting my own workouts in, you know, kind of like they say the shoemakers kids never have shoes. Um, just making sure I'm scheduling that time to walk my walk, you know, and to keep myself healthy and in shape because, you know, I feel like if, if as coaches, we're not doing it for ourselves, we're not going to be our best for those people that we serve. Yeah. And I always tell myself, you know, you want to lead by example, you right. You want to set the standard of, of what you're representing. And so showing up for that and making sure that you do only allows you to be better for the people that you're serving, right? Serving yourself allows you to serve others. So um, in closing, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time. Please tell everybody where they can find you. And I look forward to having you back on again. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You are awesome. And I'm so excited to continue to get to know you and do this again sometime. I love it. Um, so you are on Instagram at Jamie D. Bernard. You got it. And then Fit Body Fusion is at www.fitbodyfusion.com. Yes. Perfect. So if you guys are looking for Jamie, I highly recommend that you follow her and her team. Jamie, thank you for coming on and we'll talk soon. All right.